0: Let's stand together. I'm going to read a few passages. As I'm standing between you and our lunch. Manduria, I love you, my brother. He sits right on the front row and tells me to take my time. My goodness. In Jesus' name, I receive that. Take my time. All right, Acts 16 is where I want to go. We've been on a revival series and uh, hopefully we can bring a little definition explanation as to what we mean by revival Acts 16 Acts 16 verse 12 and then I'm gonna jump to verse number 20 the Bible says Acts 16 and verse number 12 and from thence to Philippi which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia and a colony and we were in that city abiding certain days I want to talk to you about a revival in the Bible that happened in a city called Philippi verse 20 They stirred up a great big mess, if you allow me to say it like that. These apostolic preachers were preaching, people were getting saved, things were happening, and uh, a situation took place that put them in kind of in a perilous position. They brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, these preachers, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes. They ripped their clothes off. And commanded to beat them. So how committed to you are to being a Christian? We want revival. I hope it doesn't get like this. I mean, nobody wishes this, but if it does, are we committed to it? When they had laid 23 many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them not just into the prison but into the inner prison, and made their feet fast in the stocks. They chained them up. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. Whew. My goodness. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and was ready to commit suicide, would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners would have done what normally all prisoners would have done had they not been apostolic, supposing the prisoners had been fled and they ran out of the jail. But Paul cried with a loud voice because he was an apostolic preacher. It had an apostolic platform. Saying, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And he began to preach the gospel unto them. And that man and all his household was saved, baptized in the name of Jesus. And they had, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Man, I like 11 o'clock. I'm like at 11 o'clock this morning. Hallelujah. And so began the Philippian. Revival. I want to preach this morning on the jailhouse God rocked with revival. The jailhouse God rocked with revival. Oh Jesus. The jailhouse God rocked with revival. Lord bless the Word of God. It is already blessed but bless the preaching of the Word of God to our hearts I pray let it be mingled with faith, Lord, sprinkled with revelation and understanding and help us to get it and receive it, Lord, to mix it with the word of faith in our hearts. And, Lord, bless us all, God, as we understand, as we walk this road to revival as a church. I pray that you would expedite it, Lord, and make it happen for the glory of God. Revival in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Revival. We're talking about revival. Revival, revival, revival. Revival. Revival! Well, thanks, Sean. Revival. So when we talk about revival, what do we saying when we talk about revival? There's, and I was asked a good question this week. I think it was a fair question. Revival has to make an admission oftentimes that something has been dead. And that thing which has been dead is brought back to life, in other words, i.e., revived. Revived. A revival. And so when we talk about revival, what we mean is that the believers, the people of God, those that walk with God, receive a resuscitation, a fresh zeal, a fresh excitement. If there's sin in the church, then people repent of that sin. People clean up their lives. They double down on their prayer lives. Amen? They get motivated by reaching other lost people that don't know God and seeing them enveloped and brought in into the kingdom of God. And the church, you know, on another level, when it's in revival, there's a, there's a kinetic sense of faith and the miraculous takes place and miracles just begin to instantaneously happen and... Blind eyes are opened up, and cancers are, are dispersed, and devils are cast out, and people come into church, and, and all of a sudden they sense conviction on their lives, and they say, I want to be saved, and they run to the altars. Yeah. Fall on their knees and repent of their sins. And behind the, the little thing here is a, is a tank, and they say, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, and they're baptized in the name of Jesus, and they come out of those waters determined to live for God and to be a saint of God themselves and and it breaks out not just in the church but it breaks out into the community breaks out into the community and then our neighbors and our co-workers and our friends they start experiencing Jesus in their life and they repent and they get the Holy Ghost and it it turns into a wildfire like Peshtigo Wisconsin that mighty fire that just took off across that Northland and people are enveloped in this mighty revival. That's what we're talking about when we talk about revival. We are talking about the church experiencing a new level of, of, of power and, and intimacy and strength with God. But we also are talking about it rolling into a harvest in the world. It's not, this whole thing is not just about us. It's about the world that we live in experiencing what God's done in our lives. That our community would experience that as well. So we talk about revival, that's what we're talking about. I've got a definition I'll use as a working definition for revival. If you're taking notes, here's the definition I'll use. Revival is God activity, and that's the activity that matters. In other words, God is moving. God is at work. The presence of God is doing a work. God activity and miraculous results that are fueled by faith and anointed action that changes our world. God activity. God's at work in the world and it's fueled by believers, those that walk with God. They are putting into action and into motion the work of God in their lives. That's why we talked last week about what it means to be apostolic. Do you remember? Do you remember? Don't make me preach it again or we won't get to picnic on time. Right? There were three things, three primary characteristics of the apostolic church, right? Number one. They relied on the Holy Ghost. Number one, the apostolic church relied on the Holy Ghost, which is why when you read the book of Acts, it says over and over again, and the Spirit bid me go. And the the Spirit filled the believers, and they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave the answer. And the Spirit directed them. And the Holy Ghost fell, and they relied upon the Spirit. Number two, apostolic, number two. You're cheating, Mike. You're reading out of the book, man. Look at that. He takes, all right, all right, I'll give you that. He takes good notes and he takes colorful notes. I'll give Mike that. That's good. Very good, Mike. They focused on the Word of God. They focused on the Word of God. They went everywhere preaching the Word. So it was the Spirit of God motivating them, the Word of God that was proclaimed. And the third thing, Mike, hold back now. The mission. The mission. What is the mission? One guy said the mission is fishing. That's right. Got me a big one on. I got me a. I got me a Paul Tribbett on. That's what God did, though, didn't He? Thank God. Thank God. That's that's what the church is about. The church is about going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature, and everybody experiencing what we've experienced. Come on, church. We can't just hoard this thing to ourselves. We can't just, we can't get stingy with the gospel. Apostolic revival is about spreading this everywhere we go. So we got, man, we got new believers that are, they're going to classes during the week. And they got, they got, don't hide this. You make sure to tell people, I'm living sober right now because Jesus has made me sober. Jesus has, Jesus has changed my life. Oh, Hallelujah. I'm living in victory right now because God did it for me. And DeAndre, DeAndre, where's DeAndre at? DeAndre finally told Tucker, Tucker, you got to bring me to that church because my family needs help right now, and I need that. And you got when you bring me to church, you bring me up around the front. You know like those people do? I don't know what they're doing up there, but you bring me up around the front because i got to have God in my life. That's what I'm talking about, mission, mission. God's got to do something for me. And God gave DeAndre the Holy Ghost, and following him came a whole bunch of people. That's what I'm talking about. Revival, right? Revival. So let's bring our map up here, because I'm going to preach about uh, Philippi. Let's bring our map up here. Okay, so the apostles in Acts 15, the Bible says there, if you look in the bottom right-hand corner, this is, uh, this is um, uh, Judea. you got Jerusalem down near the bottom they go north up to Antioch If you can see it there the Bible says they began to head west and there's something in the pulsating powerful Pentecostal spirit of Paul that apostle that's saying we got to go we got to go I know a lot of people that are sitting around just waiting someday someday God's gonna talk to me someday God's gonna tell me to tell somebody about Jesus and when Jesus tells me to tell somebody about Jesus you know whenever that happens then then I'm gonna tell somebody about Jesus can I tell you something? Jesus doesn't need to tell you to tell people about him cuz he already gave us the mission and the message and the mandate and that is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and he said it and he doesn't have to say it again. And if we're going to be apostolic, we're going to have a pulsating drive that says we got to keep bring we got to keep going. We got to keep reaching. We got to keep preaching. We got to keep believing God. And we don't need to be reiterated over and over again to do what God's already told us to do. I know some people are saying, i got to go to a prayer meeting and God will tell me that I need to go tell somebody. The apostles recognized they didn't need to get the message every day because that's the drive that was in them. we got to go to the next city. we got to go to the next place. we got to tell the next people. we got to pray somebody else through the Holy Ghost. we got to see revival in a new city. And they're moving. And they're going. And let me tell you how God dealt with them. So Paul, Paul is like, i got to bring the gospel. So Paul wanted to go into Asia, Asia Minor. Do you see it kind of in the yellow there in the middle? Why do you want to go to Asia? Because you got Ephesus and Smyrna, and you got all of these cities that are major, huge, almost capital cities in Asia that the apostles like, man, I want to go there. Man, I want to go there. And what did God do? Notice, let me find it here real quick, Acts chapter number 15. Actually, Acts chapter number 16. So, verse number 6. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, notice, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. God didn't ha- have to tell them to go. He told them where not to go because they were going to go. They're like, we're going to Asia. God said, no, you're not going there. Boom. And it was almost like pinball where they said, we're going to Asia. And God said, no, you're not going. Boom. No, don't go there. Map. Map. Okay, so they want to go into Asia. What's the next verse say? The next verse says that they were going to go into Bithynia. You see that purple little area right there? The purple area? Give me my map back. <laughs> the purple area is Bithynia. So they were going to go into Asia, so they were, to, they were going to go left. They were going to go west. God said, nope, don't go there. And they're like, okay, boom, we're going to Bithynia then. Because j- we got to go. we got to go. And the Holy Ghost told them, the next verse says, forbid them. God said, no, don't go to Bithynia. They're going to go northeast. God said, boom, don't go to Bithynia. And then about this time, notice verse number 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. Look at your map there up in the upper left-hand corner, that kind of golden yellow area. That's Macedonia. God said, I don't want you going to Asia. I don't want you going to Bithynia. Nope, don't go there. Don't go there. They end up in Troas. And God says, I want you to cross the Aegean Sea. I want you to go to Neapolis. And he said, and he gives them a vision of this man that is saying, oh, please, come help us. They were ready to go anywhere and everywhere. But God said, there's somebody that's in need in Macedonia. Man, I feel Jesus here this morning. There was somebody that was needing what they had at that time. And the Holy Ghost said, that's where I want you to go. Don't go there, don't go there, but I want you to go there. Verse number 10, and after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. Immediately, okay, let's go. We got our marching orders then. Don't go here, don't go here, but go here. We got this man of Macedonia. We got to, we got to reach some people. We got a man of Macedonia that's, that's praying for us to come. Assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. So... Acts 16, the vision is clear. It's an exciting time. They've got anointed direction. The apostles are going, Yes, we're going to have revival. Yes, there's a man of Macedonia that's got to hear the gospel. We've got to, we got to go. It's going to be great. Silas, we got rid of old John Mark. We got rid of Barnabas. I got me Sinus. I got me a partner in crime. I got me a preacher of the gospel. Come on, let's go to Macedonia. Yeah. We got a vision from God. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. God's going to do great stuff. There's going to be miracles. Who knows what God's going to do in Macedonia? Oh man. Oh man. It's like Bob like a hemikuda. It's like a 454. revved up, man. They're ready to go. Yeah. Woo, We're going to have revival. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be, it's going to be great. Verse 14, a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended to the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized. It's good when people get baptized. And her household. So Lydia, we got this woman here. She's an enterprising woman. She's kind of like, uh, is Mary Leah here this morning? Mary Lee is like a businesswoman in Deer River. If you need clothes, go to Cinderella's Closet. You can buy clothes. And Lydia's like that. She's like this enterprising entrepreneurial woman. She's a businesswoman in Philippi. She's like uh, Lori Eschick is the same way. She's, Lori is this enterprising business person, small business owner. And the Bible says she was not only a business owner, but it said that she worshipped God. Notice, but she wasn't saved yet. She worshiped God. Oh, that we could have the attitude that we don't criticize those that aren't born again yet. But we recognize there's a world full of people that are worshiping God in the only way that they know how to worship God. They may be, and I'll just say it like this, I'm just because I'm going to be just frank with you because that's the only way I know how to be. This church is filled with people that were Catholic folks that had never spoken in tongues before they worship God they pray they live the way that they knew how until they were shown in the scripture that God has more for them that God wants to give you the Holy Ghost that God wants you not just to be baptized in fact he doesn't want you to be baptized as an infant you know what I found out something Trevor it it ticked me off so bad I got so mad my mother it was my birthday okay I wasn't mad about that but she She sent sent me a a birthday gift, and there was an envelope. and I opened the envelope up. The envelope was uh, paraphernalia from when I was a kid. It was all of my report cards and stuff like that. I'm going through there, and it's got like seventh grade, eighth grade. You know, I didn't do too bad. It was pretty cool. So I pulled it out, and it's got my GPA and all that. And I reach into the middle of it, and there's this little booklet brochure that said, Well, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say what it said. It said United Methodist Church, because I grew up Methodist. And, I pull, and Pat, I pulled that thing out, and I pulled out the booklet that said United Methodist Church, and it said, I think it was 1975, I was three years old, four years old, do the math, 74. And it said, Ronald E. Lichtel, Jr., baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I never knew I'd been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I thought when I got baptized in Jesus' name, that was my first time. That was my second time. I'm not here to critique and criticize. I'm not here to say that. I'm not here to throw stones. I'm just telling you. Listen, nobody in the Bible got baptized as an infant. Nobody as a child got baptized. I'm not here to crit- criticize. I don't. People do it out of sincerity because they don't know better. And, and unfortunately, they haven't been shown the scripture. It says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth. My little three-year-old little body, my little pudgy-fingered, pudgy-arm, pudgy-leg body, you didn't even know about it. And here I find out later I was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That ticked me off, Corey. Wow. Thankfully, I was baptized later in Jesus' name. For the remission of sins in the name of Jesus, which is the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, which is the reason why all the apostles, when they baptized, they fulfilled the Matthew 28, 19 command by baptizing in the name of Jesus, which is the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And they obeyed it by baptizing in Jesus' name. It's not it's not just semantics. Come on, folks. We have an apostolic model, a book of acts model. The point I'm making is that there's a lot of people in our world that are good people. This Lydia woman, she's a good person. She worships God. She's probably a faithful Jew. She goes to synagogue. She's living the word. She's living everything she knows until that the apostolic preacher shows up and begins to preach the word of God. And she willingly receives the gospel of Christ and gives her life to Jesus and is baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and willingly receives and accepts the word of God into her life. And so begins a powerful revival in Philippi. I mean, it's, it was cool. She, the Bible says she attended unto what was said. In other words, she listened. Because the word of God doesn't do you any good if you don't listen to it. And how do you know if you listen to it? If you follow it, practice it, and obey it. Listen doesn't mean in one ear, out the other. It means in the ear, down to the heart, out to the appendages in obedience. That's just, that's just, that's just a sideline little deal. She attended unto what was said. She was baptized in Jesus' name. And oh, wonderful, wonderful, Paul and Silas are establishing new believers in the Lord. Nothing gets more exciting. I thank God when somebody gets baptized in Jesus' name. But I also thank God... When that newly baptized person isn't just left on their own without fellowship, without friendship, without discipleship, without someone that will care for them. And Paul and Silas are like, man, we're going to teach her. And the Bible says this, that she, Lydia, constrained them to come into her house. Now, I brought this up earlier. I forgot about this. But I preached a message probably 15 years ago talking about Jesus. Some of you remember on the road to Emmaus. Of course, he's hidden from the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And they're walking the road to Emmaus. And he's expounding the scripture to them and they're loving what they're hearing. The Bible says that they constrain Jesus was gonna keep on going, but the Bible says that they constrained him, constrained him to stay with them. You know, there are times that Jesus will walk in one door and out the other, and if you let him go, he'll just keep on going. You're not hearing what I'm saying. The Bible says they constrained him. They said, no, we want you to be here with us. Because sometimes the Lord wants to test our hunger level. Do we want him to stick around in our lives? And the Bible says that they constrained him. They told him. That word in the Greek, and I remember it, it was parabahatzamahi. That's the Greek. Parabahatzamahi. They constrained. They parabatamahid him. They constrained him. They said, "No, Jesus, you got to stay with us." And when I ran across this word as I was reading this week, it's the same Greek word that she Lydia parabatamahid. She constrained the apostles. Stay with us, apostles. Just stay in our home. We've got a place here for you. Teach us about God. Teach us more about the Word of God. We want to know more about the Lord. And the disciple and Paul and Silas begin to disciple them. And the Bible says one of the greatest ways, notice with me, one of the greatest ways that they discipled Lydia and her household, verse number 16, and it came to pass as we went to prayer. one of the greatest things that we can teach a new believer is not just knowledge for the mind, but is a practice for the heart and for the life. Let's go to prayer. You're a brand new believer in the Lord. God will strengthen you through prayer. Let's go to prayer. Oh, may God help us to teach more people. Follow us as we go to prayer. Let's find a place in God because prayer will initiate the move of God's Spirit into your heart and life and will strengthen you to live for God as you pray So the apostles are like, come on, keep on praying, Lydia. Here's how you do it. Follow me. We're going to go to prayer. And so they got up one day and they went to prayer. They went to prayer. It's a good thing. They're praying. They're having Philippian revival. Lydia gets the Holy Ghost. We're going to prayer. Going to prayer meeting. Hallelujah. Going to prayer. It's a good thing. The sun is shining. There's going to be a potluck. We're having revival. More people going to get the Holy Ghost. And everything's going really good. And everything's going really wonderful. Warning. Warning. When you start living for God, and you start praying, and you start seeking God, I hate to tell you like this, but the devil's going to pop his stinky little slimy head up. They're just going to prayer, just going to prayer, We're going to love God. You hear that dark chord? Mm, freaky. Ooh, dark. 16, and a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by saying, We're just going to prayer to worship God. We're not looking for devils. Listen, folks, you don't got to look for devils. I know some people, they just, they get all, we're going to get bold. We call the devil out. We call the devil out. We're just going to, when I pray, I just call it. Come on, man, you don't got to call the devil out. Stay focused on God. The apostles weren't looking for devils. They weren't devil sensitive. They were God sensitive. They're looking for revival. They're looking to do good. They're not looking for devils. But let me tell you what, you focus on the Lord, you start winning souls. Oh, I feel Jesus here today. You start winning souls. You start living for God. You start doing right, and you see if stuff doesn't. And I'm watching for it. I've I've been at this game long enough that I'm watching new people that come to God, new people that come into the church, and it's like, it's just going to be, I I don't mean to be apocalyptic. I'm not a prophet of doom. But I'm telling you, listen up. There's going to come a curveball. You're living for God, everything's going good, everything's wonderful, riding the high wave, everything's going great. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same 17 followed Paul and us and cried, saying, they're going, we're just going to prayer, we're going to prayer. And this witch, this demon-possessed lady is walking behind him. These men are the servants of the Most High God. That sounds kind of good, Is it true? Isn't it? Were they servants of the Most High God? Sometimes it's not just what people say, it's who's doing the saying. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What she said was true, but the spirit she was saying was not true. Neither also did they want the affirmation that they were preachers from a demon-possessed woman. That's not good advertising. He's coming behind them. These men are servants of the most high God. What I want you to notice is they they were doing a good thing. They were doing right. They were having revival. And the devil pops his head up. Church, buckle your seatbelts. You get to living for God. You're doing the right. thing. I'm not not saying I'm not excited about it. I don't want it to happen because I don't think the apostles, this isn't what they were looking for. It's not what they wanted. However, it happened. And we got to be prepared when it happens. Come on, church. We got to tighten up a little bit. Come on, stiffen your spine, saying to God. Come on, put your chin up and your shoulders out a little bit. Come on, I'm going to fill myself with prayer. And I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be ready. I don't see the apostles here whining. They ignored her, though. Some things you're better off to ignore. Well, I'm just gonna, I'll just tell, I'll give her a piece of my mind. I'll just, some stuff is better to avoid. I think the apostles knew. When this goes down, it's gonna go down. They ignored her. Day number one. We're gonna go to prayer. We're gonna go, come on, Lydia, let's go to prayer. There's that witch again. That witch is following us again. These men are servants of the Most High God. Just ignore her. We're going to prayer. We're going to prayer. We're going to worship God. The third time it happens, He's made of servants in the Most High God. Finally, he turns around and says, In the name of Jesus, I command yeah. you, devil, come out of her in Jesus' name. Come out of her in Jesus' name. Some things you need to tolerate till you can't tolerate it anymore. The, the apostles were not looking for devils. But man, when you have revival, it's going to stir some stuff up. We're going to get ready for it, folks. The Bible says in 19, when the masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrate saying, these men, these preachers being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. They cast that devil out, and all the profitability that they had as a result of that soothsaying demonic spirit that was telling them things. When they cast it out of her, they they no longer receive their recompense and their finances. I'm telling you, when you start kind of having the kind of revival that messes with people's sin. That messes with people's income, that messes with people's gods that are part of their income. Man, you stirred yourself up some stuff. Here's what I want the church to know that though these rulers rose up against the apostles, these apostles, the apostolic way is a determination that we're gonna have revival regardless of what happens. I'm wondering how many real apostolics we have in the room I'm wondering how many real apostolics, in other words when it really starts to go down and it really starts to go tough you say man alive what are we gonna do that's sometimes when you know people scatter that's when people say oh man it's it's tough around here I think we need an apostolic attitude that says when the going gets tough that's when the tough gets going in fact furthermore I'll let you know this That the church does not shrink in hostile environments. The church rises up in hostile environments. In difficult environments. The church doesn't shrink like a violet. But the church stands tall upon her tiptoes. And says though we are being challenged by the power of God. We shall overcome. We will overcome. By the power of God. We are not going to shrink back. No matter what happens, we shall push our way forward in the name of Jesus until God gives us a breakthrough of revival in Jesus' name. So the Bible says in verse number 22, The multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes, commanded to beat them. Can you imagine? Magistrates, the leaders take the apostle Paul, they take Silas, they start ripping his clothes, they start tearing his. There goes a suit. Start ripping his clothes. How demoralizing, how abusive, how violent. The Bible says they beat them and they laid many stripes on them. How determined am I? What price am I willing to pay for the revival that God has for our church? Physical punishment. And these preachers just thought, man, we're doing a good thing. We weren't looking for any trouble. We're just preaching the gospel. Lydia and her whole house gets saved. This woman starts fouling us around. We cast the devil out. Now we've been beaten. Now they've torn our clothes. How demoralizing. 23 says, when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, didn't just put them in prison but put them in the inner prison and didn't just put them in the inner prison but took their feet and put those preachers into chains. Man, those preachers were so dangerous that they had to be chained up. They had to put chains and leg shackles upon them. They were so armed and dangerous. So dangerous. And So here we got two jailbirds for Jesus. Preachers in prison. Imagine with me how Paul and Silas could have felt. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia, prayed him, "Come over to Macedonia and help us." Can you imagine them? They're in prison. They got chains about them, and they're saying, "Man, we had a vision from God. We had a vision from God. It was going to be so great. It was going to be awesome. We were going to have a massive revival in Macedonia. It was going to be. It was going to be continent shaking. And here we are." in jail man I didn't think it was going to look like this man just when our church have some powerful momentum and man we're in Hibbing and people are getting baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost in Hibbing and man things are going great in Deer River And man, God is filling people with the Holy Ghost in Grand Rapids. uh, And lives are being touched uh, and changed. uh, And man, we got momentum. uh, More momentum than we've ever had in our church's history. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes uh, this demon-possessed coronavirus. And man, I thought everything was going to be red hot and on fire. We had us a vision, we had us a dream, but I didn't know that it was going to become a nightmare. And all the good that was happening, it just seems like all of the energy has just fallen out of the bottom of it. And and, and, and we've just gotten hit right here, and here we are, we're in Philippi, and God told us to go to Macedonia. He said we were going to have a, a revival, and yet here we are in Philippi. Oh, why, oh, why in Philippi? Make me want to cry, oh cry, oh cry, in Philippi. Is the revival going to die in Philippi? Oh why, oh why, oh why, oh Philippi? In Philippi, I got a beating. They beat the daylights out of me. I'm black and blue. You ever got a great big bruise? You ever get road rash? You ever wipe out on your motorcycle? Ryan Blake got in a car accident last week. Her legs swelled all up. She's got bruises. You ever, you ever had bruises? Here they are saying, man, we got, a, we got a vision from God. We got a promise from God. The revival was just starting to break out. Lydia got it and her household got it. And now here we are. We're in this stinking, lousy, no-good, rotten jail. We're in the inner prison. We're all chained up. What in the world is happening in? Philippi. You know what I'm talking about? Persecution, difficulty, challenges, adversity. Things don't go our way. Things are not going the way we want them to go. But oh, sometimes, listen up, God sends revival in the strangest of ways. Sometimes God will give a setup when it appears that we have gone a hundred steps forward only to go backward hundred and five steps. And we say, are we going to make any progress? Because in this case, suffering set the stage for revival. Furthermore, I think it's good to prepare us as a church uh, that problems do come to godly people. Yes, they do. Godly people, people that live for God, people that do the right thing. Sometimes problems come to godly people. And sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of a culture that we wonder, what planet am I living on? And we hear about racial tensions and, and 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 we we look at the media that is so absolutely dishonest. I can't hardly hack it. Dishonest. Lying media. Couldn't stand, tell the truth standing on a Bible looking at Jesus. Mental battles and temptations and stuff's coming out of the woodwork and We're wearing masks and we got three months no church, and my goodness, and problems come to godly people. And allow me to say this sometimes revival comes dressed in a mighty ugly package. And we're forced with the question what do we do? What do we do? Do we get bitter? Are we just gonna, I guess, you know, back up on our prayer? Are we gonna lessen our commitment? Are we going to keep sinning if we're sinning? Are we going to wallow in self-pity and despair? Are we going to remain stuck in this condition? What shall we do? Oh, my back. My goodness, Paul. Silas, quit whining, dude. This is what we signed up for. Where's John Mark when you need him? Oh, (laughs) Oh. Oh. my back is tore up. You look really bad, Silas. Oh, my goodness. I appreciate that. Man, he beat me so hard. That guy was like an ox, man. Dude, it was a beat. Oh. That, that guy, he was a beat. He was like Gabe Hager, man. That guy was stinking huge. <laughs> beat the fire out of us. I can't believe the it. The second coming of Goliath, My, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Big bully. <sighs> oh. I look at my robe, man, my robe. This, I mean, it was a Walmart special, but it was, it was what I had. I mean, it was, now it's just, it's just they ripped it, man. And Dried blood, It smells. Oh man! I mean, you said it best. You, you know, you told me one time to to live as Christ, to die as gain. I'm I'm thinking, <laughs> the di- the dying part don't sound so we bad. i right Oh! I bet you they didn't teach you this at ABI, did they? You no, know. <laughs> they didn't tell oh. you this was coming. I mean, look at my white shirt. My goodness, <laughs> that white shirt. It's crimson. Oh my goodness. How in the world did we end up here? We were just, man, we were just doing a good thing. I mean, oh, right. Lydia, wow, wasn't that crazy what God did for her? and Revival, that, right. That we had witch revival. of the West shows up. So right. It's just all that baloney. Unbelievable. All right, so, so much momentum. Now look at us. Unbelievable. <laughs> at least they didn't get my iPad. <laughs> Snuck right. that in. Got a little light in the dark, you know what I'm saying? It's that Pretty helps. wild. Yeah. Whew. What time is it? It's probably, it feels pretty dark. I mean, we're in the inner prison, but man, it feels probably about midnight, don't you oh, think? About midnight, I think so. I think it's, it's pretty wow. dark. It's just getting started, though, man. It's midnight, right? <laughs> it feels <Yeah>. dark. <laughs> Boy. You know what, though, Silas? I think about how, you know, here I am, and I don't, I don't really like the condition I'm in, but as far <laughs> as, you know, the, least. the bruise, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> right. I'd take this any day over what I used to be when I was in the world. wow! God's done an amazing work in my life. I think about the fact, man, I was a murderer of Christians and God, I'd take, I'd take the change any day over being that kind of fool that I was. It's true. And Jesus and his mercy. It blows my mind how good God bringing me out and saving, and, and to think I'm a preacher. I mean, wow. everything I destroyed, now I'm turning around and God took me into his own. Right. It's amazing. God has been good to us. It's me thinking that this is just a small price compared to what our Savior did for us. small price to pay compared really to all is. that God has done for us. He's been good to us. He has. You know what I think we ought to do? It kind of got us into this mess, but maybe it'll get <laughs> us out. I think we ought to pray. You know, That's where it all started. We yes, started praying and yes. got us into the mess, but maybe it'll get us out. Jesus, Lord, Lord thank Jesus. you so yes. much, God. Here we are in jail Lord, but in all places at all times, you're an awesome God. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to them that fear him, and you have been good to us. And I thank you, even in suffering, God, you are keeping us. I praise you, Lord, that from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, even at midnight, God, you're a good God, and I praise you today. I worship you, Lord. Thank you for your kindness, great God, God. I Jesus. praise you, don't Lord. Mercy mercy. I praise you, wonderful God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I worship you. Jesus. Yes, God. Mm. Glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Yes, God. Man, Silas, I'm starting hallelujah. to feel a little better already. It's amazing Amen. what a Amen. prayer meeting. The Lord is with us. Kind of got us into Thanks this mess, Lord but I don't know. Maybe it'll get us out. Yes. Well, hallelujah. God bless you, man. <laughs> <laughs> God Oh Jesus, it's midnight. <laughs> it's midnight. You know what it is? We're Pentecostal, Silas. Oh, yeah. That's it's time right. For, hey, it's time for a song, man. It's time for a song. What do you want to sing? Oh, do you know this? We don't have words on the screen, but can can you remember? <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> Just follow follow, <laughs> follow. follow me, Saul. Silas? As we go nowhere. No. Oh well, God's been good. He's really been good. Really been good. He's been so good to me. I just can't let him down. I just can't let let him down. down. I can't let him down. down. He's been so so good good to to me. me. Oh, well, God's been good. good. Really been good. good Been so good good to me. I just can't let him down. How about about this this one? Okay, go ahead. No. Let me pick one. All right, you pick one. All right, let's do it. Won't we have a time? Oh, come on. That's a good one. Ah, go when we get over yonder, won't we have a time? When, when we get, get over oh, forget these chains. Yonder? Won't we have a time? When we get over yonder, oh, won't we have a t- time? time? Yes. Hallelujah. Now Silas, here's here's one of one of our favorites. It's that one. Remember that old old song that David that David wrote a long time ago? The one that Yes. Yeah, that one? Right. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I so got to praise. Come on, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> the church goes crazy with that song. It's sucks. Right. Well, I I, I got to praise. praise. I, got I gotta praise, praise, and I gotta get it out. I gotta Ooh, praise, yeah, I gotta, gotta praise. praise. I gotta praise, and I gotta get it out. I gotta Come praise. Come on, sing it! Now. Yes. Hallelujah! I, I, I gotta got praise. praise. I gotta praise, and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. You hear that? What is that? What? Unbelievable! We're free! We're free, man! We're free! I I gotta praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta get it out! I gotta praise, oh, yes! Oh, well, no more shackles, no no more chains, chains. no No more bondage. bondage. I am free! Yeah. Oh, oh, he yes. set me free as yes, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. Oh, yeah. Woo. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you ready? I think we need to get ready to do this. I'm I'm just, this is the Bible, dramatized version. Verse 25, and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the chains broke loose. And they had a prison breaking revival. They had a prison shaking revival. When did they have a revival? when some saints uh, that have been bound up a little bit said, we're not going to let our condition determine our worship. Uh, Come on, we're not going to let the chains stop our worship. Uh, We're not going to allow the challenges to stop our worship because our God is good anyhow. And we're going to praise the Lord uh, anyhow. What I'm saying to this congregation, if you're apostolic, If you're in persecution you can make the choice that I'm going to pivot to praise. I'm in pain, but I'm gonna pivot to praise. I'm in persecution, but I'm gonna pivot to praise. I'm going through a hard time, but I'm gonna bless the Lord anyhow. I'm gonna praise the name of my God. I'm gonna worship my God, and I've got a good God. He's gonna lift me up. He's gonna help me. He can break away the chains. I'm gonna praise Him anyhow. I'm gonna praise Him. I'm gonna praise Him. I'm gonna worship Him. Because an attitude of gratitude will raise your altitude. If you want to rise, you can rise as you praise the name of the Lord.